Welcome to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast Monday through Friday where we encourage you to listen in wherever you're at and hear the Word of God and the truth preached. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and this week we're airing a message entitled Ten Gates. If you'd like to hear this message again or any other messages from Treasure Valley Baptist Church, please stay tuned until the end of today's program for more information. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. All right, let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, third chapter. Boy, I like this nice, cool weather outside. All right, Nehemiah chapter 3. If you're familiar with the book of Nehemiah, you realize the book of Nehemiah centers around uh, Nehemiah leading the Jews to rebuild the walls and particularly the gates of Jerusalem after Jerusalem had been resettled. The temple has been rebuilt. Uh, the people have resettled the city, and yet there's much left to be done. And in particular, getting these gates and walls fortified, or else their enemies have free access to them. And of course, we know what that means. So that's pretty much what the book revolves around. And um, basically, there are some real parallels between this and uh, any work of God that gets done in our present New Testament church age setting. There's, there's always challenges that take place anytime something is going to be built, whether it's a physical building or just being built in the sense of God's work among God's people. And none of this is new. When you look at Nehemiah, you're in the 5th century B.C. And uh, if you take a look at verse 5 in this same chapter, you've got some princes and nobles that refuse to put themselves to the work. And then if you flip over to chapter 4, you have the Sanballats and the Tobias, the enemy without. And uh, they attack by way of ridicule and criticism. When that doesn't work, there are physical threats. And then right in the middle of this, the burden bearers begin to get tired. The rubbish starts to pile up. The work slows down to a crawl. Then there's rumors circulating around. And by the time you get to chapter 5, uh, Nehemiah has to face the enemy within. The Jews start to rob and enslave one another. Uh, they begin to complain how much all this building has cost them. And then there's a certain amount of dissension in the ranks. And then when you get to chapter 6, you have the ecumenical proposal. The enemy without hasn't succeeded in discouraging, so what they've tried to do is a little bit of subtlety and propose that they join them. And so you have the ecumenical proposal. And when that doesn't work, then you have more attacks of guile, slander, and then overt threats. And uh, so this, this book uh, brings all of this uh, to, to light, and there are some real parallels between what went on then in 5th century B.C. and what goes on even today, and I think there's things we can learn. Now, by way of chronology, how we got to this particular place, um, let, me, let me give you some quick history review. If you think of the year 606 B.C., you have the Babylonian invasion, and uh, that's what uh, Jeremiah had prophesied about. And then in 587, Jerusalem falls to the enemy, and the Babylonian captivity begins. In 539 B.C., Babylon falls to Cyrus in the Media Persian Empire. 
and that empire begins, but the Jews are still captives, and they are still in captivity. In 538, Cyrus gives an edict permitting the Jews to return to Jerusalem, and two years later, in 536 B.C., 50,000 Jews return, the altar is rebuilt, and the sacrifice are offered again, but the gates are down, and the walls are in disrepair, and the city is exposed to its enemies still. In 535 B.C., the Jews begin to rebuild the temple, but the work stops in Ezra chapter 4 due to opposition. And then in 520 B.C., after 15 years, the work begins again during Haggai's proclamation. And then in 515 B.C., the temple is completed and dedicated. And uh, in the year 476 B.C., Esther becomes the queen of Persia providentially. In, five, in 458 B.C., Ezra goes to Jerusalem. There's revival that follows. We read about that in Ezra chapters 7 through 10. And then from 445 to 425 B.C., enter Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Now, I'd like for you to flip back to the first chapter of Nehemiah and take a look at something important before we consider these 10 gates that are going to be built and repaired. And we're going to start here in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the, 12th, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace. Now, when you stop and think about this, and you go to chapter 2, verse 1, you find out that he is 750 miles from this problem in Jerusalem. He is in the court of King Artaxerxes. He has a very important position. And in reality, Nehemiah could have said, this is not my problem. Sure, I'm a Jew, and I love Jerusalem, I love Israel, but you know what? My ticket is written, and uh, this really isn't my problem. But he doesn't take that position. Uh, God lays the burden upon his heart to use the influence he has to help to rebuild the walls and to fortify Jerusalem. Uh, notice in chapter 2 that Nehemiah is going to count the cost. If you take a look at chapter 2 and look at verses 11 through 15, he's counting the cost. He's surveying the situation. And in so doing, God is cultivating a burden within his heart of what's going on here and what needs to be done. And then if you look at verses 16 through 18, look at verses 16 through 18. I think this is especially telling. The Bible says, And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in. Now again, he lives 750 miles from here. He's taken a survey trip, but he identifies with them. And he says, Ye see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. I want to just stop for a second in verse 17 and, uh, and talk about something that goes beyond sympathy, but talk about empathy. Empathy. Um, here in October, in just a couple of months, we're going to have a missions conference. And uh, we support missions to the tune this year of roughly $600,000 for the year. 
Uh, why do we do that? We have these flags here, and these flags represent countries. Uh, many of them are, even flying would be a day or two's journey. And uh, when you stop and think about that, uh, except that the Lord had commanded us and except that God puts a burden on our heart to go beyond sympathy but empathy to action and compassion, what would be the point in doing something like that? You see, God moves his people not to take the inward look but to take the outward look. So it is in the body of Christ. The body ministers to itself in love. When one part of the body is hurting, the whole body, the Bible says, uh, uh, suffers. The, the whole body is affected. When one rejoices, all are to rejoice. When one weeps, we weep with them that weep. And, uh, and, and we see this in the life of Nehemiah. Nehemiah could have easily said, I'm 700. Folks, when you think of 750 miles, that's a long way by today's standards. But you know, you can cover that gap in a matter of a few hours in an airplane. Think of 750 miles in those days. We might as well be talking about the next planet from here. And yet he says, you see the distress that we are in. Verse 17, I see the empathy. I see the compassion. And he says, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Then look at verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God which was good upon me is also the king's words that he had spoken to me and they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. I want to talk about the gates that they rebuild. There's 10 of them. And what's interesting about these gates is when you think of Jerusalem in, in, 420, in 445 B.C., when you think of Jerusalem, you're just looking at a city that's roughly two square miles somewhat re rectangular, a little longer north and south than it is east and west, but not by a lot. And when they go through these gates in Nehemiah chapter 3, we're going to go counterclockwise, starting at 2 o'clock with the sheep gate, and work ourselves all the way around. And what's interesting about this is these gates are going to encompass the scope of the Christian life starting with the sheep gate which represents salvation all the way to the the gate mifkad which is the gate of mustering census or judgment it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment and what's amazing about god's word is that so often in god's word you're reading an historical account but god is telling you a lot more than that and in this particular case he's laying out the christian life from the time we're born again till the time we go home to be with the Lord. And so I want to take a look at these gates. We want to thank you for joining us today for Treasures of Truth. And it is our hope and prayer that today's program was truly a blessing to you. You've been listening to a message entitled, Ten Gates, by Pastor Rick Michael. As we heard in today's message, God moves His people not to take the inward look, but to take the outward look. The body of Christ ministers to itself and rejoices together when one is saved and becomes part of the body of Christ. If you are listening here today and you are not saved or unsure about your salvation, and you want to be with Christ in heaven one day and experience the magnificence of God Himself, then we encourage you to contact the offices of Treasure Valley Baptist Church at 208. 888 4545. That's 208 888 
4545. As mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, if you would like to hear this or any other message from Treasure Valley Baptist Church, please feel free to visit our website at tvbc.org for more information. We also invite you to join our live streams on Facebook and YouTube for weekly encouraging messages. And if you just so happen to be in the area, we have a bookstore that is open to the public on Tuesdays from 1030 to 430 and Wednesdays from 830 to 4.30. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and we would love for you to come join us for our weekly services. They begin with Sunday school at 9.30 a.m., followed by the morning service at 10.45, a Sunday evening service at 5.45 p.m., and our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Our services have nurseries available for young children, as well as interactive and exciting programs for all ages, including junior high, high school, and even college age groups. Thank you for listening to Treasures of Truth, a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and may God bless you in the coming weeks and days ahead.